Welcome to Conflict Managed. I'm your host, Mary Brown. Addressing conflict is hard, but so is not dealing with it. Today on Conflict Managed, Seth Dorch encourages us to shift our perspectives at work to recognize we get to decide whether to address conflict. Either choice involves hardship. Seth also discusses how to become a valued leader in your organization. By being involved and engaged to have an influence, be consistent with your actions and motives, look to be an asset in difficult situations, and work hard on who you're becoming. Seth Dorch is a leading figure and influencer in the outdoor and off-road industry with marketing, branding, and development. His focus on leadership, company culture, team building, and efficiency comes from his experiences seeing both good and bad dynamics of what goes on in workplace environments and business relations. Seth brings a lot of clarity and confidence to complex situations and conflict. Good morning, Seth, and welcome to Conflict Managed. Hey, Mary, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm extremely excited and, and honored to be brought to the table on, on this conversation, a conflict. Yes, I'm very excited to hear about your work history and your vision for what healthy work environments will look like in the future. So if we could just start with you giving us a little bit of a history of your uh, your own past when it comes to your jobs you've had. Yeah, so so context of experience. Um, so in 2018, I graduated college. So in a, in a lot of ways, I'm still young in um, in my experience, but at the same time, um, in that that time frame of um, being in the workforce, um, being full time positions or self employed, I've just had a lot of incredible experiences. I've been able to work in a lot of different environments, um, and, and also be able to see workplace environment and conflict management from a lot of different perspectives, which has been really beneficial for me. Um, so I, I've, I guess in, in context to that, I've been self-employed to where I've worked with clients and agencies and organizations, which brings a whole new dynamic of um, communication and, and understanding what's going on. Um, because especially if you're working a full-time job, you're with those people every day. You have, in a sense, a, a better connection in regards to what makes people tick, uh, their emotional cadences, uh, you know, uh, those types of dynamics. On the flip side, I've and where what I'm currently doing, I, so I'm I'm full time um, with marketing and development for Rough Country, which is an outdoor and off road um, aftermarket uh, production company. So we make all kinds of um, product for automotive. Uh, UTV segments in the outdoor and off-road industry. And then I still do um, several ambassadorships with certain companies like Benelli USA, which is a industry-leading firearm company. Um, so all of my work experience um, has primarily been in the outdoor and off-road industry. But in those experiences, a lot of my positions have changed um, throughout the past four and a half years from going to full-time to self-employed, contract work, those types of dynamics. So um, because of all of that, it, it's, it's really challenged me and given me a, a, almost an obsession with, uh, with leadership and communication, uh, company culture, teamwork, those types of dynamics. And I, I feel like uh, I'm trying to study it every day. Just, Hey, how, how can I be better? So I can help other people be better. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. You know, that's such a unique experience um, being relatively young in the workforce, but having all these different encounters, you know, working for yourself, working full time for others. And you get to see what happens when people are excellent leaders. And how that impacts yeah, you, sure. your work, the organization. I'm sure you've worked for some people who are, are not stellar or maybe just they don't have the best communication skills and how everything unravels from there. So you, with even though you maybe you've only been in the workforce since 2018, um, I'm sure you sure. worked before graduating from college, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I got my major uh, in agriculture business with a minor in photography. Um, so really all of my career is based around marketing, branding, um, 
that that type of thing with an outdoor space. And so in college, I, I did a lot of agriculture work because I was majoring in ag, um, which taught me a lot of uh, incredible things, um, a lot of incredible life lessons and business lessons around agriculture. Um, and then I was also working in the outdoor industry as well during that time, um, getting my start in kind of the career that I'm, I'm in right now. So, uh, yeah, I, I was working all throughout college and, um, you know, learning as much as I could. So in agriculture, you've got these real extremes of family-owned businesses and then big conglomerates. And then, of course, the big conglomerates that use family-owned um, industry, uh, crops and farms. That's right. Uh, what has been your experience there of working with family businesses versus um, non-family businesses? Yeah, no, it's a good question. And even um, even in the, the outdoor and off-road industry, so for example, I've for several years, I, I worked for um, a small business, family-owned operation, and now, like with Rough Country, um, we are a massive multi-million-dollar company. Um, so, in all of that, um, I mean, the the most important thing, like we talked about earlier, um, is the relationship management of really trying to to uh, develop and and grow, really trying to develop and grow those relationships. And making sure you're being as attentive as you can be to, to those relationships. Um, and so, you know, I've learned, I've been able to learn from a, a lot of great teachers, um, a lot of great bosses um, of, in a, and the best way I would put it is the, the best way to have influence is to be involved. Um, and so when you're involved, um, even though they may be different, they may operate different than you, they may think different than you. They may see things differently than you. Um, it's trying to be involved as best as you can um, to, to not only learn more about them, but also to grow your influence with them. Yeah, I think that's such great advice for whoever you are, right? And whatever business you find yourself, if you choose to be involved, you're going to see things. You're going to, because you're trying to be involved, you're going to see, well, how does it work here? If I want to be in business with these people or I want these people to be my client, you really do need to be attuned to their style, their preferences, their mode of communication. And if you are looking for that, you'll find it. Yeah, that's right. And it is. So, for example, the more people you get involved in something, the more agendas you have. And a lot of times agendas don't always uh, meet the common mission. Um, and, and that, I mean, conflict in itself, um, I, I think where a lot of conflict comes in the work environment is when too many, um, too many agendas get going, um, and then they all kind of contradict or they're just not communicated about. Um, and, and, and the best way I can kind of put all this into, you know, uh, you know, a short little phrase for people to take home, something I try to be mindful of all the time um, when it comes to conflict is just choose your hard. Conflict mm -hmm. is hard. Mm -hmm. Avoiding conflict is hard as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's, but at the end of the day, we all know, uh, even though we may know it, we may not act on it. We all know that when you confront conflict, it something is going to come from it eventually. It may take longer. It may be more challenging. Um, but it's still going to be hard. And I think it's just, cho you know, consistently trying to choose the hardness of conflict and knowing that something better is going to come from it, whether you're working with a large team, whether you're working with your clients, whether you're working for yourself and, you know, kind of analyzing that self-conflict that comes of whether it's self-doubt or lack of clarity or, you know, just just the, the overall overwhelmingness that comes from learning on your own. Um, and, you know, it's I think it's just a daily process. I love that. Choose your heart, because one one of my missions is to normalize conflict. I think a lot of times when we are caught in a conflict, we think there's something wrong, something something abnormal has occurred. But when we think about no conflict is normal, it doesn't have to be negative uh, when we don't sure. manage it. It's negative. But to get people to realize that it's a choice, if you don't deal with it, that is that is hard and that's a choice you're making. But to empower people to make a different choice, 
it's still yeah. going to be hard. All of the work that I do does not take the heart away because at the end of the day, you're with this other person or team. It's the difficulty of your feelings, your emotions, what you value, what they value. And that's hard. Yeah. But that's as right. you said, it's all hard. I think dealing with conflict makes it better. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. I totally agree. So um, a, a lot of a lot of the kind of categories that I study just kind of on my own outside of just my initial everyday experiences um, is a lot of uh, uh, military stories, uh, uh, kind of uh, the military discipline, um, the overall operate. So I went in the military. I have a lot of friends that have been. Um, but I think I love um, just that emphasis. They normalize conflict. I mean, it, it's a, you know, you sign up for whatever branch of, of military or whatever, you know, whatever it is, it's a given that whether it's peacetime or wartime, there's going to be conflict all throughout your process. Um, so a guy uh, named Jocko Willink. Um, so he's kind of been uh known for his his book and um, kind of message of extreme ownership um, ex Navy seal just an incredible guy that that I look to a lot for for just uh, knowledge and lessons learned things like that but he, he he talks a lot about that of 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 really dealing with things rather than avoiding them um, and I think what what we all need to normalize especially in workplace environments is we all have the tendency it's just part of humanity to avoid what may be hard to do, but reminding each other it's, it's better to do. Um, and it, it all comes down um, in, in all the different categories of my, my work experiences, whether it's big companies, small companies, self-employed or working for somebody else, it all comes down to leadership um, is the most important uh, dynamic of the chain of command and conflict is leadership and uh, not everybody uh, ha you know is fit to be in certain leadership roles but you don't know that until you get into it and start learning and experiencing um, and 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 really confronting what you don't know so you can learn what you need to know and I, you know I, I think that's where I myself try to give myself the grace of just that hey you're learning like you, you may you may hurt somebody's feelings or, you know, I may hurt somebody's feelings. I may say something wrong to somebody, but I've got to come back to the fact of I, I'm learning, I'm trying and I'm going to get better. Um, and so I try to communicate kind of that same mentality to other people, especially in conflict to where emotions can be flying. Uh, different perspectives aren't being understood and a lot of times at the end of conversations that I may have with that, and I do it with my wife as well. And our conflict is, Hey, I know we may disagree, but we're going to get somewhere with this. Let's just keep, keep confronting it. Um, and so that in, in some ways in the middle of conflict, you can still unite each other um, and remind each other like, Hey, we're on the same team here. We're just seeing things differently and we got to work that out. You said so many wonderful things. So that, that last point about, you know, conflict with our spouses or um, maybe even a teammate, if you're on the same page, if you have the same goal and you have that sort of goodwill with one another and you're moving mm -hmm. forward, you're not gossiping, which is backwards looking, but you are problem solving, which is looking towards the future. Um, that is, that's really helpful for solving a dispute uh, when you are looking in the same way, even if you have different ideas, but we have a common goal and we disagree of how to get there. Um, or if we just have basic respect for one another, it, it's hard right. to make progress when we fundamentally don't respect um, the other person. That's exactly right. I agree. And you also mentioned something that made me think of um, most of us tend to go towards the, the path of least resistance, right? That's just, we sort of default to what's easier for us. And so- sure. I think if we can start thinking that conflict is normal and developing those tools, that it's a habit, right? If we can start That's getting right. in the habit of doing courageous things, having difficult conversations when it's small, the stakes are small, uh, we can get into the habit so that we can train ourselves to have those deeper conversations about the bigger issues. 
And so, yeah, if you get placed in leadership and you don't know what to do, the wonderful thing is you can learn. These are just skills. That's that's exactly right. And so all of my work experiences, I mean, even back to, to my first legit job of working at a grocery store in my hometown I grew up in when I when when I was kind of considering the things I would talk about and just my work history you know everybody I've worked for in every position I've ever held I've never I've never been in a place to where this is horrible I just can't do this anymore but I've always been at a place of something something in this process is hard and I've got to choose how I'm going to respond to that. So maybe it's a, a frustration with the boss, or maybe it's a certain situation with coworkers, whatever it may be. And the more that I've grown to to normalize, just that's going to be a factor. It anything that you're doing with people, yeah, it's just going to be part of it. Um, and so it's it's kind of helped shift the perspective and changing that obstacle into opportunity opportunity one for me to personally grow two to grow with anybody else that's involved in it and to 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 know how to handle different personalities and different circumstances uh, different levels of chain of command and how to communicate um and i think what's so it's you know just like you said the more like that's just more knowledge that you have to apply moving forward and one thing that i you know especially talking to younger uh, men and women, uh, maybe they're in college, maybe they're still in high school, maybe they're into whatever their season of life is, is being able to share those experiences with, with other people um, and, and, and knowing that, hey, you know, the, the hard that is coming from this conflict, you're going to grow from it. Somebody else is going to grow from it. It's going to make you better. It may burn a bridge, but at the same time, you're going to be able to learn from that. Yeah. Could you tell us about a time that you've had a difficult situation, either with a coworker or um, a place of employment? Yeah, for sure. So there's been a common principle and experience throughout all of my. I I tend to get brought in to conflict, um, which on you know on one hand I'm thankful for. On the other hand, it's just constant challenge. Um, so in some ways, some of the hardest conflicts that I've handled um, with with coworkers and chain of command is coming into situations that aren't necessarily uh, involving me from the get go, but I'm still responsible. Um, I, I, I think a lot of times when people think about leadership, um, they think, OK, if I'm not in a top tier level of position, then I'm not necessarily in a leadership role. Um, And, you know, in some ways that's correct, but in most ways, everybody um, is a leader in whatever the position it's, it's just whether you take ownership of it or not. Um, So that's where I would say, you know, it's those specific situations of just being brought into scenarios to, to try to find clarity in that conflict. Um, Because one thing i am constantly adamant about and I, I try to try to be really hard on myself to do is I never try to necessarily initiate unnecessary conflict. I will create conflict if it's a hard conversation, if it's uh, you know working through differing perspectives. but what can be really hard is trying to be the one being sought out for, to bring clarity and and what I see as being really silly drama conflict, which frustrates me because at the end of the day, I just want to be, I don't care about your emotions. We've got a job to do and we need to get it done, but it's knowing being attentive to that whole process, trying to understand whoever's involved and coming to a resolution is going to make everybody better. Um, a, a team cannot work effectively and, and grow um, if it's just got things looming in the air. Um, and that's why I say it all comes down to leadership because whoever's you know in that leadership role has the responsibility to make sure those things are uh, communicated, brought brought to the forefront, not swept under the carpet. Um, so that that would be you know my my biggest 
challenge, but also opportunity. All of my experiences as being somewhat getting caught up in that conflict because uh, people want me to help find that clarity. Um, and I'm so thankful for that. Looking back now, even though there's been so many moments to where it's like, I'm only, you know, 20 something years old and I'm trying to work through, you know, 40, 50 year older problems. Um, but it's been so good because, you know, no matter your age, uh, your history, your experiences, um, if you can be an asset to the situation, then there's there, that's a good thing. And so that's, uh, that's been hard, but it's been good. Yeah. I think that, you know, a lot of times we, you know, we have this, there's a bit of an old saying that says, you know, check your emotions at the door when you go to work. We're here, we have a job to do. And yet what is conflict, but I have a different value than you do. And it has to do with emotions because computers don't have conflict with one another, right? They're unemotional. And I've seen plenty of conflicts that at least internally, I think, why are you bickering about that? Um, And yet, I think a part of being a leader is saying, well, it's, it's the conflict's not about me. It's sure. about the people involved and being mission-minded and moving forward. And right, right, the leader recognizes that, that it's not about him or her, but it's about moving forward, dealing with the situation. And so I think a lot of people find themselves in this middle position where it's not them. They're not the problem, but they right. are on the team. There's this blowback and maybe... They're known as as being a peacemaker or um, impartial or a helper. So how do you walk that line between being a leader when it's not in your title and being labeled a busybody? Sure. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think the biggest thing is consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, I, over time, you know, w- words have so much power. I, I believe that in so many different ways. Uh, but I think one thing that that really speaks even more powerful that is consistent actions. And over time, motives will always be revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, it it may take a long time. It may not. Um, you know, that there's so many dynamics to that. Um, that's one thing that's really been important to me is to, to consistently reveal my motives of why I, I do what I do. And the approach that I take in regards to engaging uh, with coworkers or engaging with clients or engaging with the communities and the industries that I'm involved in. Um, And so, you know, trying to consistently do that um, speaks for itself over time. Um, And I think that that's what that's what's so good is it's a lot better when um, the results of your work or the results of your impact speaks for itself rather than you trying to present your case time and time again. Um, and so I'm learning a lot about that. Um, even um, the age, I, you know, it's, it's great. My wife and I were talking, it's like, it's so wild to, to wrap my mind around, you know, thinking about being in a career for 10, 20, 30 years, like, that's a long time in concept. Um, and so, you know, trying to, to think through that of um, just being consistent over time, long-term, um, and, and making the, the right decisions now uh, with work situations, with conflict, with just human relations. Yeah. Um, because so, for example, like the industry that I work in, uh, the outdoor industry, automotive, um, you know, it's it's a massive industry. But in, in some some dynamics, it's relatively small because, you know, once you get kind of in the network, you, you know, you start meeting people, you start knowing, they know somebody else, um, those types of things. So just as if you're working with somebody every single day, you, you know, you, you, you get to know them and their tendencies. And um, I think that's where just truly um, being for the team um, and being to for solving problems, finding resolutions and, um, cause I, you know, I've been in work environments to where I don't know why, but they, people just want problems at times, um, problems that are unnecessary problems, problems that are just, I think a lot of it goes down to, to maybe that person internally, um, is navigating things. They're, you know, not confident in who they are. Um, so in all of that, you know, when it comes to the kind of workplace environment and, 
um, you know, between the, the busy body of just, you know, looking the part versus actually being the part. Um, I think it speaks for itself over time. And, and um, we as humans, I, I think in some ways, um, eventually can, can read through the BS and see who's, who, you know, who, who really believes in the mission and who doesn't. I love that answer. You know, consistency, integrity, right? It's, right. you know, it might feel like, and a lot of times we say in a, in a workplace conflict, this is none of your concern. This is between Bob and Sally or something. And so this has nothing to do with you. Stay out of it for their privacy or for whatever sort of reason. And I think that, you know, if you are consistent in how you just treat people, you treat people well, and if you, you're doing it from this place of integrity, then I do think it's evident that you will not be the busybody, right? That you all, sure. you will be the um, the person that, what do I want to say, right? Leaders, it's lead, leaders act in a certain way. It's not about right. your title. You act. And if somebody thinks, they if somebody mislabels you, um, I think you're right. Over time, it will tell. So I guess that is to say that we ought not be concerned with labels, either leader or busybody. We are what we are. And over time, sure. people will see that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. My That's one thing my, um, my dad always kind of, so my dad for many, many years was uh, kind of like top level executive world of uh, the roofing industry, stuff like that. I, I was at the age to where I was big enough to go to work with him, but small enough to not really remember a whole lot. Um, but I would go to work with him all the time during the summer. And um, I always admired and I still do to this day of um, how he handled uh, that leadership influence role. Um, because, you know, it people will, uh, will tell, um, you know, what, what, what you're about, um, and, and why you do what you do. And, um, I think that's been so beneficial just for my journey, um, is really confronting, uh, best way on a guy named Miles Adcox. Um, he's, uh, very, um, big leader in the mental well, you know, mental, mental space, uh, mental health space. And, uh, he, you know, he kind of puts in a way, um, you know, work hard on, on who you're becoming and not just what you're doing. Um, and that's been important for me because as I think about who I am, well, who I am impacts who other people are, uh, who I am impacts what other people do in the environments that they're in. Um, and I want to be somebody that benefits the environments I'm in. I want to be somebody um, that uh, helps uh, figure things out, help solve problems. And, and also I want to be somebody that realizes I have my own downfalls. You know, I have my own things to learn, to admit, um, to, to, to communicate humility in the regards. Cause I think what happens a lot of times in conflicts is by the time the emotional state gets to a certain level, everybody thinks they're right and nobody thinks they're wrong. Like we all, <laughs> we all know how it goes. And, so in some ways, it's learning in those experiences, how can I bring myself to a place when I, I may be emotionally be emotionally moved or frustrated? How can I bring myself back to a mental capacity to, to open myself up to the conversation rather than closing myself off? Yeah. Um, you know, and all those different kind of little things of you just, you know, trying to learn along the way, because, you know, when I like I said at the beginning, there, there's no, hey, here's 10 steps to just crush it and be perfect in conflict. It's um, really that kind of, so we had our first child, uh, Lucy, our first daughter this past year, and kind of my motto has just been adapt and overcome. Um, and I think with conflict, you have to constantly do that. You have to constantly adapt to the emotions. You have to adapt to the environment. You have to adapt to Hey, it may have been, you know, you and I had the conflict and then out of nowhere, you know, ex coworker comes into it. We got to adapt to that new perspective, that new conversation. And then ultimately you've got to overcome all, you know, you got to overcome all of it. Um, so, you know, adapting and overcoming and all of that is crucial. And the more we normalize just that simple principle and and help other people understand that's just going to be a code of conduct in our environment 
um, I, I think it, it helps exponentially. Yeah. So you were very lucky to have a father that you looked up to. Um, so what was it that he did? What made him a good leader, a good boss? What kind of qualities? Yeah, good question. He has a very deep voice. So I knew real quick what's up. <laughs> now, so my, you know, in regards to like a leadership role, uh, one, I look to him as a father. Uh, you know, a father is a leader in the sense of his home front um, and, and how you take care of your home front also impacts how you take care of the business front of things. Um, but in a lot of ways, um, he, he was stern, um, you know, he was straightforward. And but at the same time, I had two sisters. So, you know, I, I he was he was able to adapt to me being his son and how he communicated to me versus how he communicated to my sisters. And even though that seems so simple and small, really, it carries a lot of weight because at the end of the day, we're all communicating with different personalities. Uh, we're all communicating with different value systems. So, I mean, in the workplace environment, one person may value one thing versus another. And and I think just the more experience, uh, um, the more you you try to just understand that process, the better. Um, so, you know, I, as I watch, you know, my parenting and how my mom and dad uh, parented us, it, it was good lessons learned. Um, and also realizing they're not perfect parents, you know, and, and I've, you know, I think that's taught me a lot now with being a father and parenting with Heather um, and having Lucy. And we just announced today that we're, that Heather's pregnant. So we've got another one. Yeah, we've got another one on the way. Yeah, we, we've got another one on the way. So it, it's, I, you know, a lot of what I'm learned, learning on the parenting front impacts how I handle uh, you know, my career and, and the business aspects of it. I, I really try to take just a holistic a, approach to um, a lot of the things that we're learning, whether in our personal lives or in our professional lives transcend because I mean, a majority of it's all human relations and, and, and also personal, uh, personal value systems of, you know, I think, I feel like sometimes the new younger generation gets a bad rap of just kind of being lazy and complacent and, uh, you know, just wanting to go play on some video games. See, like, so, you know, it's learning um, how to communicate value systems, what, learning what value systems are most beneficial for an environment um, and, and how that impacts the whole team. I love what you said. Two things about your father, about the timbre of his voice. Because there's something, you could have a deep commanding voice, you could have a very quiet voice, but there's something, sometimes you meet people with a certain, the way they speak just exudes a kind of confidence you have in them. And it's yeah. wonderful to be under a leader where you're confident, not not that they're perfect, and that's a part of that's being right. a good leader, as you said, humility, but then also yeah. being able to modulate how you communicate, because communication isn't words, it's uh, actually being able to get ideas back and forth with somebody. One of my best friends, right. when we first started communicating via text, um, she was texting me and I'm like, oh my gosh, Laura is mad at me. Oh, what did I do? Right, because right. her texts were just like, uh, yes, period, or K, or I'm like, what the heck is going on? Uh, right. But, then I learned that is her texting style and she's yeah, not yeah, mad at me. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, no, and that's such a, yeah. yeah, it's such a good example. Um, especially in our modern area era of technology and, and how we, uh, you know, it's something so interesting to me is um, the, the constant changes of normal communications. Mm -hmm. I mean, where it's been from 50 years ago to where it is now, yeah. You know, it's I think, you know, adapting to to those dynamics, because like you said, I mean, I'm very um, like when I'm texting, I, I you can't hear the tone of my voice. You can't uh, you can't see my eyes. You can't see my demeanor, my body, body language. Um, and that's another uh, guy named Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but I, yes. I listened to a lot of his stuff and in um, uh, one of his books, 12 Rules for Life. 
uh, he talks about stand up straight with your shoulders back and the importance of just personal confidence just from a simple action of being consistent with your body language. And um, I, I geek out on all that little, you know, those little nuances, but they really do make a big impact, not only on us personally, but also to whoever we're around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's for example, like if you're, you know, doing like a TED talk or public speaking to somebody and you look out across the crowd and, you know, everybody's lean forward in their chairs, eyeballs are on you, not, you know, heads are nodding like that. that, That's building confidence in, in what you're doing, what you're communicating on the flip side, it can be the total opposite. I mean, half of them are asleep, like people are on their phones and you're thinking I'm doing a horrible job right now. And, you know, that that makes uh, I mean a world of difference. Uh, even you know whether it's on a larger scale, like you, you're you're a monologue to many people, or dialogue between one on one or with with a team. Um, and so you know I, I try to I try to be as conscious as I can, um, and I'm constantly learning ways that I can be more conscious in you know my body language, uh, my tone of voice, the words that I'm saying. Um, and just the way I'm presenting things, because it's like the old saying, you know, it's, sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And my wife, Heather, is we're two like polar opposites. I'm a very like stern, straightforward, like, you know, get after it guy. And she's uh, definitely tender and soft spoken. And, um, you know, just those dynamics of how we communicate with each other is uh, has taught us so much. And it, it's really like helped us, helped us normalize. Hey, we're always going to have conflict when we communicate just because, I mean, it's just part of it. And um, realizing, I, I think you said it in a good way earlier, you know, conflict isn't a bad thing. And so it, in our minds, we think if, if some level of conflict is coming down the pipe, we're thinking, oh, gosh, I, like, I either need to run, hide or, or not confront it. Um, so I, I think that, you know, the more we consistently normalize it, the better for, for anybody that's involved. And I like one thing that you mentioned about dialogue. Conflict is really about dialogue. A lot of times we think it's monologue. You hurt me and I'm going to tell sure. you about it. And this is why, as you said before, you're wrong and I'm right. I'm the right. hero and you're the villain. But it actually yeah. is a dialogue. It's having the kind of humility to be able to say, hey, this is how I see it. How do you see it? And really right. listening. So it is that give and take. It's not um, just me talking to you or being talked at, but together being able to find. And what I think is wonderful about conflict being beneficial is that when you do hard things with people, what what does that do for us? You know, it builds, builds. builds confidence, trust. So when the next thing comes along, we might be more willing to do it because I trust this person. I've been able to do something hard with them and we didn't fall apart. We actually yeah, got better. That's, that's right. No, absolutely. And I, you know, it kind of, as I've thought about it more, uh, you know, in, in workplace environments, there, there's a sense of fuel that comes to overcoming things with people. Um, and it's not just workplace environment. That's, that's anything involved. Like I said earlier, you know, I study a lot of kind of military leadership and, and that, like, there is a undeniable, unrelenting sense of confidence that, so for example, like the SEAL teams have with each other because they overcome so much challenge together. They overcome so much conflict together, whether it's on a mission or internally between each other, that it builds such a strong bond. And I, I love the I, I love the power of that. There's a sense of beauty to that, of human relation to that. Um but on the flip side, you know, it can go the total opposite. You know, maybe you're listening to this and you're working in a workplace. You don't feel confident going to leadership. You don't feel confident speaking uh, your your thoughts, your perspectives, your ideas, or just voicing your emotional status and saying, hey, like this situation really bothered me and I just need to talk about it. Um you know, and so, you know, maybe you're in a, a workplace environment like that. And it is it overall, it, it, it sucks because at times you can't one person 
it more times than not can't change the whole company culture. Yeah. Um, there has to be a common understanding of, hey, we may have a cultural cultural issue and we've got to come together to figure out the solution. And that's something I see a lot, not only in my own experiences at times, but in a lot of my different studying and learning is just that once a once a consistency, you know, the, the principle of consistency is always going to take place. Bad habits versus good habits, that it's it's going to go one way or another. So the unfortunate thing at times, if if there isn't um, either a leadership and chain of command that's willing to confront um, maybe those bad habits that are in the workplace environment or those cultural issues. Um, it's, you know, it, you kind of feel like you're uh, beating a dead horse and, you know, not, not finding your way to the summit of the whatever challenge it is. Um, but, you know, in the, in the, I would say to somebody, whatever, if, if you are in that situation, just know everything you're experiencing is teaching you for the next job you have it's teaching you may be in that top top level chain of command position one day and you're going to look back and say i remember being in that situation not feeling confident to get so you know me as the leader i'm going to go check in on my people i'm going to go build that confidence myself i'm going to go earn that trust from the people that are working under me so that they know they can come to me in times of crisis and times of conflict and we'll get something figured out. Yeah, you are so right. I've talked to numerous leaders that use bad bosses, bad situations as a template for what not to do. This happened and it was toxic and awful and I saw the blowback and I'm not doing that. I now do, I do this. And I think that is really great advice. If we think about our conflict, it's just so easy to get sucked into it because it can be all encompassing, right? And we feel like there's no end in sight. But I, one thing that I recommend is that people get clear, where do you want to be in three years or five years? Where do you want to be? And it can take your power back. Okay. I want to be in a healthy work environment. And if this is not it, what can I do about it? Either what can I do to clean this place up? or get my resume together to go someplace else. Yeah, that's but, right. You know, but but that's the thing is that we can act. We can be active. I've heard a lot of what you've said about being active and being engaged. And so if the place that you're at is not respecting you um, and you have worked to make it a better place, I, I don't think we should just leave right. because we have a problem because the next place you go, we'll have problems, <laughs> right? Sure, As we sure. talked about yeah, Problems are with us, uh, but yeah. that mindset of growth, the mindset of grace on others and ourselves, um, I think can really help us navigate the difficulties of life because life is hard. Absolutely. But, but it's not only hard. Yeah, yeah. it's good. And and it, so I, I've got this kind of um, like, I, I just got a poster made. We just moved into some new offices and um, in, in a sense, it says hard is good. Um, and I, you know, it's, I, I love the, that we have the ability to, in a sense, consistently tell ourselves certain things that, that are better. Um, you know, I could, I could, I could constantly tell myself that, you know, hard work is awful. I, I don't like hard work. I don't, uh, you know, I don't want anything to do with it. Or I can speak over myself and, and confront myself. Hey, hard work is good. Hard work is necessary. Hard work is required. And I'm, I'm made for this. You're made for this. You, you know, and in, in, in some ways, you know, it sounds kind of like cliche, uh, you know, hype talk. But the, the more we communicate that, that to ourselves, it, it shifts our mentality. Um, it shifts our kind of uh, brain state to where it's, man, this, this is so challenging. But I know it's going to be so good. It's kind of, I mean, I'm all into adventure sports and stuff. And so a guy, um, John Quillen, kind of my mentor, uh, like backcountry camping, rock climbing, stuff like that. I can remember uh, rock climbing some different routes over in East Tennessee. And, I, you know, in that moment, you know, you just say, this is like, this is so hard. But because I either held on or because I failed and tried again, it was like it was empowering. You know, it builds that confidence that, you know, I think a lot of times there's a misunderstanding that that confidence is that you get it right all the time. 
that that confidence is that you perfect all things. And I, I from my experience, confidence comes from trying and failing and trying and learning and 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 developing. And that's what builds confidence. Um, and so I think everybody can relate to that because it's not about a state of perfection. It's just about a state of progress. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, so it's good for all of us. Yeah, <laughs> I know you, it's good for me. Yeah. As you oh. said, becoming when you, when you said that made me think of one of my favorite books to read my, uh, my youngest son, when he was growing up a Berenstein bears book, and it was called like down on the farm and they're on this farm and brother bear asks farmer Ben um, is farming hard or is it fun? And so he says, is it hard or is it fun? And then he says a few things and he says, I guess I would say it's farming is hard fun. <laughs> and yeah, that's how he ends the book. A, it's a good way to put it. So I, I, I love, uh, I love fitness. Um, you know, I love working out health overall. Um, but you know, it, it's as the more I've gotten involved in it, the more I've studied kind of like some of these top tier athletes and CrossFitters and things like that. Um, you know, they, they put themselves through extremely hard challenges, but in a you know, it's, it's a dichotomy, you know, it's, it's, I go and do such a hard workout that in the middle of it, I just want to like lay out and die. And at the end of it, I'm laughing about it. And I'm looking over at whoever I'm doing the workout with saying like, Hey, we got to do that one again. You know, it's like, there's, there's such a crazy, there's such a crazy dichotomy, dichotomy to uh, conflict or challenge um, to where in, as we're kind of approaching it or confronting it, it, it seems so overwhelming, but when we get to the other side of it, Oftentimes, I think internally we we say that was good. Um, yeah. That that was that was necessary. Um, that taught me. That humbled me. That that strengthened me. Whatever the result is, um, and I think it's just committing to that process. That we may not always understand what's going to come from it, um, but we know something better will come from it, other than just avoiding it. Yeah. Well said. So. I'd like to close with this question. Um, when you think into the future, so you have a little one and now another one on the way. Yeah. And do you think about in 20 years when they're um, at the, in the workforce, what is your vision for healthy work environments? What, what do you want your children that, to inhabit in? What do you want them to come into when they go into a work environment? Yeah, that's, you know, that's a really good question that in some ways I may not, necessarily have language to put around my thoughts on it but I think most importantly um, my the my biggest ambition for especially for our da our daughter Lucy and then he or she whatever our new baby will be um, is is training them up and developing them and empowering them um, to know the impact that they have on the quality on the success and on the effectiveness of the environments that they go in, because, you know, in a sense, I guess you could call it kind of like extreme ownership that, you know, all your experiences you're in, the people you engage in um, that, you know, if, if there's a problem, if you're not seeing the, the results that, you know, you, it's kind of like you said, you have the power to, to do something about it. Um, and so, you know, in that, I think the more, that I've learned about myself and the things I value, the more that I'm able to understand um, what I value in an environment and whether it's good or bad or empowering or not. Um, so, you know, it's, there, there's several dynamics and, and kind of elements that, you know, as I talk to my children, as they start working, you know, from a chain of command leadership, like, Hey, do, you know, do you feel confident in your, and 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 in your chain of command, do you feel do you feel like you can trust to trust them to talk about things, um, you know, different things like that, um, and and helping them learn how to verbalize uh, maybe those frustrations, um, maybe how to communicate when you aren't seeing the result that you want to see, and how to actually voice that rather than just you know containing it and, and keeping it pushed down. Um, so I think most importantly for my children, 
um, and, and for anybody else, it's, it's helping them learn um, how to be in tune with those experiences and, and, and what to do with the results of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot, it's, it's kind of like, you know, for example, uh, a, an athlete may go win the Olympics and they have no idea how to, uh, how to process or what to do with the results of that from the glamour, from the fame, um, from the PR, you know, all these different dynamics. Um, so, I, you know, for, for my children, it's, it's preparing them as best as I can from my own experiences of how to conduct themselves, um, how to uh, be an asset to the environment, to the team, um, and just, you know, take ownership of the impact that they have on anybody they're around or what they're doing. That's great. Seth, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Yeah, not, I'm, I, I, like I said, I think this is an important topic to have conversation around, um, to have many different perspectives and to, to, to allow your, your listeners and viewers the ability uh, to obtain knowledge from other people's experiences. So thanks for all your hard work and lining these things up. And, and it's an honor to, to be brought to the table on it. Well, thank you so much. I, I just have to say that I love your last answer because I I think you are the third person I've interviewed for the 30, 30th person I've interviewed for the show. And you're the first person who's talked about who your children are going to become or you want them to become versus what kind of environment you want them to walk into. And I think that's that's very important. We want good work environments, but we want our children and ourselves to be good workers. Yeah, for sure. It's it's kind of ironic that I made a social media post like three or four days ago, a picture of my daughter and um, that my, my caption was just that I've been praying a lot about who Lucy will be. And every day I'm learning that it starts with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, you know, I think we all have expectations of what, what our children should be like or what our work environment should be like or what our chain of command and bosses should be like. But at the, at, with everything, it all starts with our own selves yeah. and the perspectives that we have and, and the, the accountability that we're holding our own selves to. So thank you for that feedback and um, for that just kind of expression. Absolutely. All right. Well, take care. Have a lovely day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you, Seth, for spending time with us today on Conflict Managed and congratulations on that wonderful and exciting news of your new baby. A warm welcome to those of you listening outside of the States, in Canada, in Australia, in England, in India, and all around the world. If there's someone that you would like to see interviewed or a topic covered, please let us know. Email us at 3pconflictrestoration at gmail.com. You can also find us online at 3pconflictrestoration.com. My name is Mary Brown. Our music is courtesy of Dove Pilot. And remember, conflict is normal and expected. Let's deal with it. Until next time, take care.